Good morning and welcome to Simply Finance. It's Saturday, February 17th. On today's show, Finance of America receives a second delisting notice from YSE and campaign finance reports give clues of what's to come in Augusta elections. Plus, no one is above the law. Trump faces a staggering fine for years of financial fraud. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Finance. We start off with a significant development in the finance sector. Finance of America has received a second delisting notice from the New York Stock Exchange. The notice, sent on February 12th, comes exactly two months after a prior letter was sent. In both instances, the NYSE stated that the company is failing to meet the requirement of having an average closing price of $1 for 30 consecutive days to maintain its listing. Here to discuss this further is James, a correspondent for Simply Finance. Can you tell us more about this situation? Yes, David. Finance of America has been struggling to maintain its listing on the NYSE due to its inability to keep its average closing price at or above $1 for 30 consecutive days. This is a requirement for all companies listed on the exchange. Despite receiving a second delisting notice, the company has stated that it plans to take action to regain compliance. What kind of action is the company planning to take? Finance of America has stated that it intends to notify the NYSE within 10 business days of receiving the notice that it plans to bring the company into compliance with the listing standard within the six-month cure period. The company is considering all available options to regain compliance with the NYSE's continued listing standards. Has the company been able to meet the $1 mark since the first letter was sent? Yes, the company has managed to close above the $1 mark on multiple occasions since December 12th, when the first letter was sent. In fact, on February 15th, the company closed at $0.12 cents per share. However, it has not been able to maintain this on a sustained basis. On February 16th, the stock price fell back below to $0.98 cents per share. What does the company need to do to achieve compliance? To achieve compliance, the company's security needs to have a closing share price of at least $1 on the last trading day of any calendar month during the cure period or on the last trading day of the cure period itself. Additionally, it needs to have an average closing share price of at least $1 over the prior 30 trading day period. Has the company made any recent changes to its operations? Yes, Finance of America restructured its operations in October 2022. However, the company has yet to announce when it is releasing its fourth quarter earnings. Thanks for the insights, James. Now, Shifting gears to politics, as we approach the upcoming elections in Augusta, campaign finance reports are providing some intriguing insights into what might be in store. Here to delve into this further is our correspondent from Simply Finance. Can you shed some light on what these finance reports are indicating? Certainly, David. Campaign finance reports can often serve as a barometer for the political climate leading up to an election. They can give us an idea of which candidates are gaining traction, where their support is coming from, and how they might be positioning themselves for the race. Interesting. And what are the implications of these reports for the Augusta elections? Well, the specifics of the Augusta situation are still unfolding. 
However, one question that seems to be emerging is whether Democrats are going to let Mayor Johnson swing Democrat Richmond County towards the Republican side, specifically towards Donald Trump's Republican Party. That's quite a significant shift. What could be the potential impact of such a move? A shift like this could have a profound impact on the political landscape of Augusta. It could influence the balance of power in the region, affect policy decisions, and potentially even have implications at the state level. However, it's important to remember that these are just possibilities at this stage. The actual outcome will depend on a variety of factors, including voter turnout, campaign strategies, and the broader political climate. While we keep a close eye on the upcoming election, let's shift our focus to a significant ruling in New York. A judge has fined former President Donald Trump and his business associates over $350 million, citing a years-long effort to inflate the value of their assets to defraud banks and insurance companies. The judge, Arthur Engeron, also barred Trump from running any business in the state of New York for three years. Here to discuss the case is Michael, a correspondent for Simply Finance. Can you tell us more about this ruling and its implications? Certainly, David. This ruling is a major legal and financial setback for the former president. Trump himself has been ordered to pay over $355 million, while his two adult sons each have to pay $4 million. Trump's chief financial officer has been fined $1 million. In addition to the financial penalties, Trump is barred from running any business in New York State for three years, and his sons are barred for two years. An oversight monitor currently overseeing the companies will remain in her position with the authority to appoint an independent compliance monitor. What were the specific charges that led to this ruling? The prosecution, led by New York Attorney General Letitia James, argued that over a decade-long period, the Trump organizations inflated the assets of their holdings. They issued statements exaggerating their true net worth to make their companies appear more financially stable to banks and insurance companies. This resulted in significant benefits from what the judge called blatantly false financial statements. For instance, they tripled the square footage of a luxury penthouse and claimed that incomplete real estate projects were finished. They also falsely claimed to have millions of dollars in cash on hand. How has Trump responded to this ruling? Trump has strongly criticized the ruling, calling the justice system in New York State and America as a whole under assault by partisan, deluded, biased judges and prosecutors. It's expected that Trump will appeal this ruling. However, based on a statement of his own assets from this trial, this penalty could potentially consume all of his current available cash savings. What does this mean for Trump's future business operations? The ruling has immediate and significant implications. Trump is barred from running any business in New York State for three years. His sons are barred for two years. An oversight monitor will continue to oversee the companies with the authority to appoint an independent compliance monitor. This could potentially limit Trump's business activities and influence. Thanks for those insights, Michael. Now, shifting our focus to Ulster County, New York, where the former finance commissioner, Bert Gulnick, has been sentenced to two consecutive one-year terms in Ulster County Jail. This comes after he was found guilty of embezzling over $100,000 from the Hurley Recreation Association and the campaign of former county executive Mike Hine. Here to delve into this case is our correspondent, Bella. 
Can you give us more details about this case? Certainly, David. Bert Gulnick served as treasurer for both the Hurley Recreation Association and Mike Hines' campaign. He was sentenced on February 16th by visiting Judge Deborah Young. Interestingly, the sentence is less than the one to three year state prison sentence that had been previously agreed to as part of a plea deal. The judge did not explain her decision to deviate from the original sentence. What led to this deviation from the original sentence? During a court proceeding on January 26th, Golnick's attorney mentioned that he had received information that could impact the sentencing. However, the specifics of this information were not disclosed. Judge Young emphasized the severity of Golnick's crimes and his deceitful behavior, stating that it warranted a jail sentence. How did Golnick manage to embezzle such a large sum of money? According to Richard Muggy, the president of the Hurley Recreation Association, Golnick obtained an ATM card without the board's knowledge and used it over a four-year period to withdraw roughly $61,000 from the organization's account. The thefts were discovered when Mugg noticed a discrepancy of $20,000 between the account balance that showed on a receipt and the balance Gulnick had reported to the board. What was Gulnick's response to these charges? Gulnick apologized for his actions in court, expressing remorse for violating the trust placed in him. He claimed that he raided the bank accounts to provide his children with a better life. However, District Attorney Emmanuel Neji pointed out the irony of his actions, stating that Golnick was stealing from children to satisfy his own children's perceived needs. What were the repercussions of Golnick's actions on his professional life? Golnick resigned as the county's finance commissioner on March 1, 2023, when the allegations involving the Hurley Recreation Association were made public. Following his arrest, the county requested the state comptroller's office to conduct an audit of the county's financial records. That audit is still ongoing. That was Simply Finance reporter Bella shedding light on the case of former finance commissioner Bert Gulnick's embezzlement charges. With that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Finance. We'll see you back here tomorrow. <laughs>